from coast to coast to coast. You're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening, you're listening. You're listening to Terra Informa. Welcome back to Terra Informa. This week, we are continuing our series of guest documentaries made by community service learning students at the University of Alberta. Last week, we heard a documentary about the effects that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on local farmers markets. This week, we will hear about community gardens and consumer habits and how they're connected. I'm Hannah Cunningham. And I'm Elizabeth Dowdell. We'll be your hosts for the next half hour as we introduce this week's guest documentary and talk a little bit about our own experiences with community gardens. Before we begin this episode, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced in Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwitsiwiskigan, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including the Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Food sovereignty, the right to have nutritious and culturally appropriate foods available in a sustainable way, is a big part of wellness. And taking that away from Indigenous peoples was, and continues to be, a huge impact of colonization. Organizations like the Métis Nation of Alberta are working to ensure that Indigenous peoples have access to healthy foods through programs like community gardens. The Rupert's Land Centre for Métis Research has a whole podcast series on Métis food sovereignty, gardens, and hunting and harvesting rights. We'll link to it in the show notes for this episode if you're looking for more content on community gardens. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. This week, we are airing an audio documentary created by Shanine Jamal, Olivia Mitchell, and Brianne Palmer for an agricultural economics class that had a community service learning component at the University of Alberta. This documentary explores how community gardens affect consumer choices by examining the connections between people's experiences in community gardens and their individual habits. So Hannah, do you, you know, garden? Uh, you could say I dabble in gardening, or I more so live in a house where one of my roommates is like a quite an avid gardener. So I'm like a secondhand gardener or like a gardener assistant. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a pretty big gardener. I'm a, yeah, honestly, every year for the last couple of years, I've just been getting more and more into different kinds of food preservation I guess like ways to keep my food mostly I like freeze it but <laughs> things that are not my freezer uh that are maybe a little bit more sustainable so yeah I'm a big gardener got like homemade pickles in the pantry stuff like that <laughs> Ooh, okay I'm afraid to do anything in jars <laughs> because I <laughs> don't fair. know anything about it 
I wish I knew more and that's sort of a next step, but um, we'll talk about this a little more at the end, but yeah, the more I've been growing, the more I've thought about, okay, like how do, how do I preserve this in a way that is maybe like low energy? That's not my freezer or my fridge. The more I've gardened and the more I've grown, the more I've thought about, okay, how can I keep this so I can, you know, consume it? Not all immediately at the same time, because I can't eat kale seven times a day. Yes. Yeah, I know. We've ended up with tons of like beans or tomatoes and there's only so many, like you can eat a salad every day, but there's only so much like tomato sauce that you can consume at one time. <laughs> it's yeah, good to be able to save stuff for the winter when you feel like you haven't had a fresh vegetable in like, or not like a garden quality fresh vegetable for a very long time <laughs> mm -hmm. a proper summer tomato all right well i hope you enjoy the documentary listeners and stay tuned after the break for some more reflections from me elizabeth on the topic of community gardens everyone, I'm Shanine Jamal. I'm Olivia Mitchell. And I'm Brianna Palmer. We are three students at the University of Alberta, located on Treaty 6 territory, exploring the concepts of sustainability, of consumer habits, of food waste, or in the community more generally. We find this most interesting and timely given the COP26 meeting in Glasgow. COP26 is the 26th UN Climate Change Conference being held in Scotland in November 2021, while this podcast is being produced. It's a conference where world leaders have assembled to commit their countries to reducing the negative impacts of climate change. This includes reducing emissions, finding more sustainable or green technologies, and to work together to preserve the environment for future generations. We're interested in creating a space to have a conversation about these extremely important topics and the much larger concept of climate change and what we can do on our individual levels as students on campus at the U of A. We hope you stick around for our podcast as we had such a great experience in creating it. So we've been interested in the topic of sustainability and have been thinking about how other people are starting to be more vocal about their consumer preferences around sustainability. In learning more about these topics, we decided to create a podcast to share some of our initial findings with our communities in hopes to raise awareness about the importance of sustainability on and off campus. When we were deciding on what topic to explore, we chose to focus on community gardens because of how impactful they are in people's daily lives. We were interested in learning about the everyday ways people can interact with the earth and how it might change the way they think about food. Do people's consumer habits change when they get involved with growing their own food? How do community gardens contribute to this? We turned our questions into the topic for today's podcast. How do community gardens impact consumer habits? We found some interesting research and some local experts to talk to in the sustainability community here at the university. We'll also be chatting with some people in the community outside of the university to share their unique experiences, so look forward to that. But first, we want to acknowledge that we are located on Treaty 6 territory and reaffirm our commitment and responsibility in building positive relations between nations 
and develop a deeper understanding of Indigenous peoples and their cultures from coast to coast to coast. Our podcast explores the relationship between sustainability, food, community gardens and consumer behaviour, as well as being in good relations with our fellow students, our communities and in connection to the environment. We want to ensure that we respectfully acknowledge that we are producing this podcast for you on the ancestral and unceded territories of many of the Indigenous groups such as the Cree, Dene, Stoney, Anishinaabe and Blackfoot. As we discuss community gardens and the concepts of sustainability, we encourage you to also reflect on your relationship to the land and community, as well as all of our responsibilities as treaty people. So, Shanine, do you want to explain a bit about community gardens to some of our listeners who may not know much about them? Yeah, of course. So, a community garden is a shared plot of land where people can come and grow fruits, vegetables, flowers, and anything they like. Although gardens are operated differently in each community, The common idea is for each gardener to manage their own plot of land within the shared area. These gardens benefit the community in so many ways. They beautify the neighborhood, allow access to fresh produce, build stronger ties within the community, and allow individuals to live healthy lifestyles physically and mentally. And before there were community gardens, people took part in what were called depression gardens and victory gardens to support their communities and their countries when times were hard. Nowadays, though, there are over 80 community gardens in the city, You can actually go on the City of Edmonton website and find a map of all the gardens, which is pretty neat. Hey, that's awesome. Sounds like a great way to explore your neighborhood, too. Yeah, I'm excited to check out some of the gardens in my community. And aside from benefiting the community, they're also a great way to start living a more sustainable lifestyle, which we'll talk about more later on. So with community gardens, we wanted to look at how they impact consumer habits. It seems as though putting in so much of your time and energy to grow your own produce would naturally make you think a little more about the way you consume food. Yeah, and being more involved in every step of the process likely impacts the way you participate in the entirety of the food value chain. After consuming fresh produce that you grew yourself, the large volumes of packaging at grocery stores seems intense. You may be more aware of the journey that your food goes on and how much is wasted along the way. Exactly. When you're not involved in the process of food production, I think it can be difficult to visualize where your food comes from and where it goes. It's hard to understand just how much time and resources goes into growing vegetables when the grocery store shelves are stocked with whatever you need and whatever you want. Teaching people to think differently about this stuff can help them to become more proactive consumers. Yeah, and that's kind of our goal today, to shed light on how just being part of a community garden can make a person more of a conscious consumer. And with insight from some people in our community who are involved in the gardens, we can learn about their experience and how those shape them. A huge part of what we want to explore is how community gardens impact consumer habits and what big part of this has roots in sustainability. Michelle Kim, the program lead for Sustain SU here at the University of Alberta Students' Union, shared her thoughts on how community gardens are a part of sustainability. Um, I think the community garden itself, let's say, uh, there's two parts. There's action-based part where by people consuming the um, foods that they have grown, they are ba- basically taking the local produce, which is like more related to environmental pieces and then the social aspect and maybe some economic pillars of it. But also, I think in addition to not just being in the garden, having an education piece and awareness piece, I think is key in order to influence um, 
consumer's habit because people might be like, oh, cool, I might be growing the garden and I like, um, I, it's a really good and fun experience. But at the same time, if there's like educational pieces and awareness on how this, this can be more explicitly connected, which it is, and if people are more aware of it, it is more like it's a double win that they not only take actions by using a, having some more local grown food in their table, but at the same time, learning how it is influencing and making an impact. Adding on to what Michelle said, the introduction of community gardens in an area can promote a more sustainable lifestyle, whether it be by teaching participants about food waste, increasing composting in the community, or by reducing food miles that would otherwise be needed to transport their food. Community gardens can have great impacts on the consuming habits of the individuals involved. Tobias Tim, a gardener who has recently joined his local community garden, noted how he became more aware of his personal food waste and began to make different choices in what he bought when grocery shopping. If there is stuff in the fridge that, you know, I've picked from the garden, I'm sadder if I have to throw it out. I feel more guilty because I know how much work went into the whole process you know, from the start of the summer all the way through. So if I have done the labor myself to grow the food, I'm probably less likely to throw it out. Whereas if I buy something from the store and I kind of forget about it, it's at the back of the fridge. I don't feel as sentimental about it, right? I can just buy stuff again. So yeah, this is a good question as well. And I have noticed I am more aware of how I consume things and I don't want to throw out food as much. I feel worse about it. Michelle also made similar observations. And I think there, there is definitely a big factor of influence when you, whether you get into sustainability through different factors, you end up finding about um, the food consumer habits or like different aspects of your carbon footprint. And it's not just me, but even within um, my work community, lots of people's food habits did change. So from like choosing more meat product to more um, vegetable based product. Aside from food waste, there are other ways that community gardens can make a person more aware of their consumer habits. For example, needing to buy less produce from the grocery stores, eating healthier, and paying more attention to the packaging on items. These are all impacts that community gardens can have. Tobias experienced some of these things firsthand as he made changes in his eating and buying habits. I definitely have noticed a trend. So my girlfriend and I ate a lot of salad this summer and we didn't buy a lot of salad. That was one of the biggest trends and it makes a big difference. I think we became a little bit healthier in terms of our food choices. And we had some tomatoes as well. And yeah, if we know that we're gonna get that stuff from the garden, then of course we don't have to spend money in the grocery store for those things. And we're also lucky that we live pretty close to the community garden. It's you know, right across the street from us. so. You know, after work in the evening, I would go over there, I would get what I need for dinner, and then we know it's fresh, we don't have to go and do shopping for those things. Even for myself, I noticed that after doing research for a topic, I began to become more aware of my choices when I went shopping, and changed the way that I organized my fridge so that I didn't let food go bad. I also made a weekly dinner plan so I don't buy more food than I need. I found that these small changes really helped me cut down on my food waste and be more mindful by buying foods I know I'll actually use. Hey, good for you. I'll have to give that a try too. We also noted how the garden's impact spread to other areas of sustainability. Michelle told us about the interconnectedness of sustainability and the ways that you can have an impact by looking at connections between these different areas. I think um, my always big message is 
find out about different aspects of sustainability. So whether it is like social, economic, environmental, or within it, it can be anywhere from like poverty, reducing food waste, or um, like let's say health or well-being or the climate change. I'm sure there, if you're working on something, there is always aspect of sustainability that you're already involved with. And I think start to think about how this can be interconnected. I, um, I think what I want that that's what I want to suggest people to start with, like try to understand where your interests lie and how it is connected to this world. Because at the end of the day, we might not be able to tackle all the pieces, but you, if you're involved in one area, you will understand how it is interconnected to different areas. The community gardens also have impacts to the wider community. They can help alleviate food deserts and food insecurity in the community, as well increase access to healthy and fresh food. Every year when we have a lot of harvest, we do not stop from like, oh, harvesting, but also donating some of it to camp, um, Campus Food Bank. So which is also connecting that local produce to be um, people who are connected. And some other ways that we were able to reach out the community or bigger campus and surrounding area are oftentimes collaboration with other groups. I mentioned like with residences or like other student groups or people, individuals who are more interested about it. And also, uh, we also connect with the local community gardens and a part of those like initiative and action together. So individual garden itself might be small, but there's larger impact that can be contributed as a community when you're connecting with others and collaborating, which is actually also a true spirit of sustainability. While we've seen that community gardens are a great way to get involved with sustainability and change one's consumer habits, there are definitely ways that the gardens can improve. Fighting against food waste is a prevalent issue in Edmonton, and there are lots of ways to help combat this issue that are not being used. An example that I've been thinking about that was inspired by a TikTok I saw a while back is implementing community fridges outside these gardens. It would be a great way to alleviate some of the food insecurity that people face by allowing them access to fresh produce. And not to mention, gardeners wouldn't have to worry about their excess supply going to waste. I know that there was a community fridge that opened in 2019 in Mill Woods. And from what I've heard, it's actually been really beneficial to that community. It's a great start, and I definitely think that we need more of these in Edmonton. Oh, I didn't even know about that. I was also thinking about how cost, location, and ability to get involved are all issues we can work to improve. It would be great if everyone could participate in gardening, but there are definitely real limitations. It would be amazing if we could find ways to make community gardening more accessible for people. I can really see them benefiting more from this practice if we could work to support people with limited time or even make it easier for communities to get started with gardening. I know Michelle had some great ideas on this topic. She talks about despite this being an imperfect system, there are ways that gardens can support people on their journey in sustainability. In terms of like composting, oftentimes community gardens could be more involved in it and then be part of it to reduce like food waste. But I think there it goes back to the, my point around importance of education pieces, whether it is educating the people who are involved in the garden or people who are involved in the volunteering or people who are part of the community garden. There could be more work around um, informing people how it could be related. I find it it's a lot easier if you have your toe dipped in one aspect of sustainability to be able to amplify that impact and be part of it by adjusting some small changes. Oftentimes the hard piece is like starting that initiative, but making adjustment is oftentimes easier than doing it. But if people are already involved in community garden, it's more or less likely that they will be more involved to like hear a little bit more about how they can be involved in other aspects of it that is related to food uh, waste or food management.
Tobias brought up another really great point that I think only people who've experienced working in a community garden would have insight on. He talked about the issue that gardeners face with communication and watching food go to waste when people aren't able to look after their plots. I have noticed this in our garden. I think there are a lot of people who like the concept of gardening and they'll reserve a plot, they'll grow some food, but then they kind of lose interest. And so what happens is the food accumulates, it starts growing, um, but there's nobody there to harvest. And it's kind of like a taboo if you're working in a community garden, you see all of this food that is going to waste, but I don't know for sure whether the neighbor would approve of me harvesting it. And so there is a lot of food that just sort of hangs there and it decays slowly. It would be nice if there was communication within those gardens where we said, okay, you know, I've given up on the garden. It's not my thing. So whatever is there, you take it and you give it to somebody else or you use it for yourself. But it is a little bit, um, it's a shame that some food goes to waste in that way. I think more gardens need to consider this and look for a solution. Maybe people could buddy up with another individual from the garden so that they can look after each other's plots. Or if a person leaves, then their plot becomes the responsibility of those in charge. Some form of communication to help take advantage of all of the food that's grown would really help fix this problem. Even though we did our own research on community gardens, I think it was so necessary that we got to hear the perspectives of people actually involved with the gardens. They were able to teach us so much that I otherwise would not have even thought about. Like, I was fascinated when Tobias shared his thoughts on the communication issues within the gardens. Yeah, I learned so much from both Tobias and Michelle. So in reflection of our interactions with campus community gardens and sustainability, as well with the local community gardens through Tobias, we started our discussion asking how consumer behaviors can or have changed and what can otherwise we do to think about individual contributions towards reducing our environmental impact. While everyone may not be able to participate or contribute to community gardens, they are a very important and valuable contribution to the food system and to efforts in raising awareness about concepts of food sustainability, food waste, and food security more generally. We learned that our campus university environment is committed to coming together to learn and encourage sustainable practices and to teach holistic practices such as gardening so that we might in turn pass that knowledge on. In learning and discussing about how the food system and sustainability pillars interconnect, our consumer habits and choices are important factors in reducing food waste and negative impacts to our environment. You know, after doing all this research, I'm tempted to join a community garden myself. I'm not much of a gardener, but I'm up for learning. I actually found that there's one in my neighborhood that I never knew about. And actually, if you guys or anyone listening are interested in finding the community garden nearest to you, the City of Edmonton website has a great interactive map with every garden location. You can also check out SustainSU's website to learn more about the great work they do with sustainability on campus. And they have a ton of volunteer opportunities. We'll definitely link these resources in our show notes for anyone interested. We hope that all of our listeners are inspired to look closely at their own consumer habits and think about how they can participate in sustainability. Maybe this looks like trying out community gardening sometime. So thanks so much to our interviewees, Michelle Kim and Tobias Tim, for your amazing insights. Michelle's interview highlighted the importance of the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, formerly the Millennium Goals, and how she founded the University of Alberta's Sustainability Goals on campus so that the framework might help students and the community think about the many ways that sustainability efforts and education touches our lives. Tobias offered us a gardener's perspective on the issues surrounding food waste. 
He taught us about the impacts of community gardening in his personal life and brought his experience from this season of gardening to share with listeners. Both of your contributions have been incredibly valuable. We'd also like to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'd like to encourage you to learn more about sustainability and how that is meaningful to you and your lives. COVID has been an especially difficult, strange, and complex experience, and we have learned how our food system itself is very complex and interconnected. With sustainable practices such as community gardening and our own personal consumer habits, we hope we can make a positive impact on our communities. The music that we used is called La Siesta by Jazzar and comes from the Free Music Archive. Special thanks as well to CJSR and to the University of Alberta. Thanks for learning with us today. Bye. Bye. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Terra Informa, a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. What you just heard was an audio documentary created by three community service learning students from the University of Alberta, produced in partnership with CJSR. We've been talking a lot about gardening at Terra Informa HQ and just how different the experience has been for each of our team members. Some of us were raised with gardens in the yard and have kept right on growing them. And some of us are just beginning. Over the season, we hope to bring you some stories of our own about the way gardens can connect us to each other and the planet. We wanted to talk a little bit about how community and other gardens have changed our own consumer habits. I'm one of those who grew up with a garden in the yard, but it took almost five years before I started growing on my own. I still don't have a yard, (laughs) Uh, but thanks to my Polish family, I've got access to a private community garden at a place called Wawel. Something that struck me about the documentary was how people change their attitude towards food when they put in the labor to grow it themselves. This was a really hot and dry summer, so every blossom or fruit or veggie that I was able to harvest was such a gift. I wanted to do as much as I possibly could with my bounty. Enter oil and vinegar. So I've become a fancy lady in the last year and bought my first jar of sun-dried tomatoes. I don't know if you eat them, Hannah, but why did I ever sleep on this flavor maker? They're so good. The oil that they're floating in? Wow. Like an actual gift. It was so much richer and more delicious than, you know, that very small and expensive jar I had bought at the supermarket. Okay, if you missed it, there's a small conversation in the documentary about feeling envy for another gardener's produce. Hannah, have you ever felt garden envy? Yes, I definitely have. And there's so many amazing gardens that I see even just like on my neighborhood walks. And those are just like the front yards. When you mentioned garden envy, I'm, I think too, when I was younger, I was out in Ontario visiting some family and it was this amazing, huge yard. I just remember that the flowers were beautiful. They had this like big apple tree that was amazing and had these apples that weren't like the super tart crab apples that were like that you could find um, in my neighbor's tree at my childhood home. Mm-hmm. and was just the smell was amazing and it was just obviously so cared for and I felt like I was going into like a museum or something so that's what I think of when I think of garden envy 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. I had it so bad this spring for the chive blossoms in the Peace Garden Park downtown. It was just full of those fluffy purple flowers. Like they were everywhere. I was going to need a couple cups of these flowers to make a really good vinegar. Um, and sadly, I don't have any chives in my garden. And my one small container had like three flowers on it. So yeah, for a couple of days, I was just like walking back and forth across that park <laughs> looking at their flowers. So thanks to my access to a community garden, I've become more aware of ways to save flavor. These really subtle things like oils and vinegars that allow me to use even more parts of the plants I normally grow. So if you community garden or you've always been growing your own out back, I hope today's documentary and my short story about oil and vinegar uh, inspire you to explore your own journey with community gardens and your consumer habits. Well, everybody, that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all our content is created by a team of volunteers. You can reach us for comments or questions by email, terra at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. We have been your hosts, Hannah Cunningham and Elizabeth Dowdell. Catch you next week right here on Terra Informa.